So we're going to do something a little different this morning before I start the Dharma talk. We're spending this entire year on the paramis, and I'll put up the, I'll screen share in a bit what those paramis are. I'm so blessed with, by being in a number of different sanghas, and one of them is a small sitting group where we meet um, once a week. We sit for a half hour, and then we spend the next half hour sharing in great detail what our sit was like. So I am going to break, um, put you all into some dyads for just seven or eight minutes, and um, what I'd like you to do is, in your um, dyad, to really tell your partner how your sit was. How did it start? What did your body feel like? What was the state of your mind? Was there any hindrance that arose? Did you feel grasping or aversion or spacing out? What happened when you caught yourself in, um, with some kind of habitual um, response? Um, be as specific as possible and share, you know, with each other. So one question, is there anyone besides Bruce and Sean who are sitting in the same group with each other, the same room with each other? If so, um, please um, unmute and let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to create these. Um, Bruce? Yeah. John and I are not in the same room. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's um, helpful to know. So let me just see if I, I think I got everybody. Oh, no, I'm going to, um, I'm going to move. Okay. I may just, um, I'm going to move people around a little bit. I've never done this particular thing before, so it's going to take just a minute to do. Um, and um, let me just move this person. Let me just see how, how we're doing here. I'm going to move Lauren. I'm going to get you out of there, Lauren, and you're just going to be with me. Um, well, when you get when you're being invited into a room, Lauren, don't go in. Um, so I think I think everybody's in a room. I'm going to open them all. And remember, you're sharing details about your practice. Done. So, um, Lauren, you can unmute and um, share with me what your sit was like. You're not. You're not unmuted. Are, are Jerry and Stuart in a room? Because they're on the screen that I'm looking at. Oh, that's probably because that was the place I was supposed to go. Yeah. Just. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. Just ignore that. 
So what was your sit like? Oh, it was, I couldn't really relax. It was probably because I had just been drinking my coffee, maybe. Oh, and also because I was kept having one eye open to see if someone else was coming in. Um, so I was, uh, um, I would say I, I did several tactics to try to relax. <laughs> um, Hold on for a second and let me yeah. see why Stuart did a job. don't know how to do that well um he, he could leave and come back if yeah but now thomas is by himself so oh, um, i'm gonna move thomas to um where are we i'm gonna move thomas to the main session okay oh, thank you. thomas there he is Thomas, Stuart didn't join, so you and Lauren can do this. So, Lauren, start over and be, be fast. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to say that I was uh, had a hard time relaxing, calming myself this morning. Um, yeah, I just felt alert, and it was part of it was because I was admitting people, I think, and I, I kept opening my eye to see if somebody else wanted to come in. So... Um, that's that's the first detail, and I'll just let you share also, and we can go from there. You finish up, and then let Thomas. Oh, do the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, but um, so <clears throat> I wasn't. Uh, let's see. Uh, my body was pretty relaxed. I I did head, heart, hara, feet, which is what I often do to just kind of get the center line, and. When I got to my breathing with my hara, I felt that was the hardest place to to relax and open. Um, and let's see. So as far as um, so as far as a hindrance, I would say it would be uh, agitation rather than any other thing. Um, I I knew that I could. Um, meditate again tonight so I wasn't really upset about it and I also meditated this morning in bed and I just thought oh, that's just the way it goes <laughs> Thomas thank you Lauren it's a familiar familiar experiences yeah for me uh, I started out you know following uh, Sue's guidance around, you know, centering the body and feeling the weight and, and those things. And I felt that was a good sort of getting me into the meditation and getting me connected with my body. And then I, I started feeling an itch somewhere, <laughs> and I wasn't so happy with that itch. So I sort of had some aversion, like, go away itch, you know, but it, it, it stayed around and, and just kind of got me focused on that. And, and I sort of lost it a little bit. I saw the itch driving the show and not me staying where I determined where my focus should go. And then what happened was suddenly I was off in some kind of story. And I just, I just followed like a poppy dog, yeah, <laughs> the story along. And then I think Sue, you, you chimed in at some point saying, you know, where, where you are. And I realized, oh my goodness, I'm way off in this story here. And then what was interesting at that point, I had a little bit of sense of self issue because I, you know, I feel like I meditated many years 
you know, that shouldn't happen to me. I should be more, more focused, you know, so I realized, wow, there's little investment there in, in, in things. And uh, so I, I sort of like kind of let that go and say, okay, like I can see that happening there. And I uh, was focused on the breath for a while. And then I think another story pulled me off down the side street and, 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 and then I realized, my goodness, you know, and then back on the breath. And so that was sort of, and I think it happened a couple more times. So still have a little bit of ego. And I, it just wasn't the best meditation. I wasn't as concentrated as I wanted to be, but it, it, it is what it is, you know, and it was, it's, yeah, how things turn out. It's when I'm pretty relaxed. So that would be like, kind of like things just <laughs> flows, you know. So yeah, that was my experience. So thank you. Thank you for letting me listen in. It's really helpful. Thanks for this uh, opportunity. I think it's nice to do this diet from time to time, you know, and really share. So we'll see. Um, everybody is back in. Coming back. Good. Thanks to everybody for being willing to um, do this little exercise. Um, and I'll explain in a minute why we did that. Um, so all year we're going to be studying the paramis. And I am going to see if I can share my screen of the paramis. Did it come up? It did. Fabulous. Okay. And um, two Sundays ago, um, Arv introduced us to the year of the paramis in part by encouraging us to set our intentions and aspirations. He asked us to examine where our strengths are and where our challenges are regarding each of the paramis. Then last Sunday, Lyndall added to this introduction by sharing how some of the paramis are not necessarily strengths, but more reliable supports for our overall practice. She acknowledged that cultivating the paramis isn't always easy and offered a number of motivations for doing this. This morning, I'd like to continue the theme of an introduction to this year by suggesting four general approaches to dealing with the paramis and integrating them into our overall practice. The first one is what I call getting into the weeds just what you did um, in your small breakout groups. Really bringing awareness to all aspects of what is happening. What's happening in the body, what's happening in the mind, what happens when we get caught up or distracted, um, when there's an itch in the body, or when the self just seems to be front and center and saying we're good or we're bad meditators or whatever. And of course, during a sit, we notice all these things. This is what we've been instructed to do. 
I think something really powerful happens when we put into words and then share it with another. This is what happened in my meditation. This is where my mind was. This is how the Dhamma arose all by itself. This is what happened when I got so distracted and caught up. There's a way that we really accept responsibility for ourselves and the process. And we have an opportunity to be gentle with ourselves for whatever is happening. There's a kind of deep knowing that arises. And I think from this deep knowing, that's when the doorway to wisdom can open up. So I'd like to suggest that we begin this year of the studying of the paramis with this kind of specificity, sorry about that one, that we really get into the weeds, that we take these detailed observations into the practice. Notice when one has arisen or when you feel some resistance or when the opposite is present. Next month, we're starting with generosity and perhaps what's really present is you're feeling a strong sense of lack or a belief that there isn't enough for you. Or instead of energy and determination, you're feeling lethargic or unmotivated. These words that describe each of the paramis can be very familiar. And sometimes familiarity can cloud us from seeing so clearly. So being as specific as you can be, I think, can be really helpful. We can see the subtle resistances that arise and the slightest hint of wanting to move on to something that's more exciting, more interesting. And I've been finding ever since I've been sitting with this group one morning a week, there's just three of us, that it's really helped my overall practice. I'm not glossing over things. I'm really aware of how things really are. Secondly, I'd like us to remember that it's important just with all of the aspects of our practice to know what attitude or state of mind we bring to the practice. It's the third uh, foundation of mindfulness. What's, what's happening in the state of mind? In our discussion two Sundays ago, Someone mentioned how we tend to only value things that are hard, strenuous, difficult. And if that's true for you, do you give less effort to those areas that come more easily, perhaps even taking them for granted? If we see our strengths as less valuable, it might also be harder to see some of the more subtle nuances that are, arise. We know that everything in life and certainly in our Dharma practice is really influenced by our views and opinions. As we were joining this morning, several people mentioned how much they love the Paramis and they liked that book by Ajahn Suchito. And I like the Paramis, but it's not true for all of us. You know, some of you might say, well, you know, another year of lists? Maybe you were hoping that Tim and Tawari would have chosen the Four Noble Truths or Eightfold Path, or maybe there's a hint of disappointment or resistance to even exploring the Paramis. Just acknowledge, what kind of attitude are you bringing to this year? 
Then there's also the attitudes we bring when we actually run up against something that's challenging. Do we start off by judging ourselves or feeling defeatist? Or maybe you're really optimistic and energetic. Do you skip right over the challenging ones and say, oh, I think I'll just do meta? You know, whatever our attitude is, just to really know what you're, what you're coming into this year with. Arv really started us off with such a gentle way of looking at intention. You know, remember, what's your overall intention for your practice? Acknowledge the ongoing gifts that we receive. And perhaps you can hold this exploration of the paramis within this larger aspiration for your practice. Can really seeing that this year can contribute to meeting that aspiration for freedom. Also remember that even if this is going to be a challenging year, kind of think back to other years. If you've been with Seattle Insight for a while, I don't know about you, but when we started the year on dependent origination, I thought, oh my goodness, there was such a groan. And then by the end of the year, I was so grateful that we had done that whole year and I learned so much and my practice benefited. So think back to other things that have been challenging and since those really turned out great, can you maybe bring a sense of trust as we venture into this year? And then, you know, the usual caution that all of us talking about Dharma always say, don't make it so personal. We're all in the same pool. Some are going to be easier for some than others. And one might be a better month than the other month. But each, each of these is going to be valuable if we really know what kind of attitude we're bringing. The third thing that I want to say is, and I think this came up in the discussion also the first month, the first week, that there are strengths and challenges in most of the paramis for me. And I think there are two ways to use our strengths to help deal with the challenges. First is looking at, as you look at this full list, is there one or perhaps two of the paramis that you really feel are the strongest? And see whether that particular strength can help open a doorway to the others. For me, Two of the, the paramis are my strongest. After Bill died six years ago, I found that equanimity was kind of my guidepost and certainly my strongest um, asset. Really being willing to receive life as it is. The second one is truthfulness. I grew up in a family where a lot of lies and secrets. So, for instance, equanimity, when, it, when we think of it as receiving whatever comes our way, can be applied when impatience is present. I have a lot of trouble with patience. And there's a calm, kind of joyful sense of equanimity. And when I can feel that sense of calm and stillness, 
it's easier for me to ask the question, what, about, what am I getting out of being impatient with this moment or this person or this situation? Because I've grown to so appreciate the presence of equanimity in my life, I can bring that wholesome desire to not argue with whatever arises. So when I find myself unhappy with how the moment is showing up, I can remember the joy of those moments when I receive them with an open mind and an open heart. And with truthfulness, it just helps me with everything because I can pretty easily call BS on my mind when it's telling me something that just doesn't sit right with me. Perhaps this approach might be helpful to you too. So think about what's your strongest parami and whether you can <coughs> entrance. An entrance point to the other paramis. The second way to use our strengths, I think, is that within each parami, there may be a strength, even if it's small, that can create a pathway into the areas that are more challenging. And here's one example from, from me. So as I mentioned, I have some issues around patience. And yet, as I think about it, I have loads of patience for children. I seem to recognize who they are and where they are in their developmental process. And so I got lots of room for the behaviors that show up. Even when I find that it's annoying, I don't add more impatience. I just kind of go, oh, yeah, you're three years old or you're four years old or you're 10 years old or you're a teenager. You know, I kind of get that. And yet, when I'm really challenged by what feels like almost an instinctual impatience with adults. So I'm going to try to give my gift of attitude around children to something that I can use when I'm dealing with people and just see if I can also say, oh, right, they're just where they are. Some years ago, as I've been practicing with patients, I developed this little mini mantra. I'll use the name Jane, and I'll say to myself when I'm with Jane, let Jane be Jane. Let Jane be Jane. And then I also add, let Suze be Suze, so that I kind of am a little more patient with myself. And it brings an attitude of accepting a person for who they are and where they are in the moment. And it challenges what I know there are no near enemies of the Paramis like there are in, with the Brahma Viharas, but I think one of the real near enemies of the Paramis is wanting to fix somebody else instead of just having a patient acceptance of them. I'm not going to, I had some other examples, but I think I'm going to be running out of time, so I'm not going to give those other examples. So I've talked about getting into the weeds, really being specific, looking at the attitude that you're bringing to this whole year, and then finding the strengths, both the overall strength of a parami or, in, or strengths within each one, and seeing them as an opening, a door to um, dealing with the challenges. And the last thing that I think might be helpful is 
to think about some of us are brand new to the Paramis. They've never even read about them before or heard about them. Maybe a couple of them, but not as a whole group. Others of us have been studying and practicing with them for years. So I'd like to uh, give an invitation that all of us join our brothers and sisters who are brand new to this and bring a beginner's mind and attitude to this year. Let's introduce ourselves to the Paramis for the first time and establish a brand new relationship. You know, we've all heard talks about generosity. I mean, we've heard a gazillion of them. It's the first parami that we're going to study next month. So if we can bring a commitment of freshness and newness, let's see how that one works for February. You know, we all have different phrases that we use in our practice. And sometimes those phrases about how we're doing, um, we sometimes say, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years or 10 years or 40 years. I should be better at this. Or sometimes, every now and then, we go, oh, I'm doing okay, honey. This is just the way it is right now. Think about the kind of phrases that you use for yourself. Perhaps do it by, if one of your Dharma friends was really having some trouble with any of the paramis or any part of the practice, what kind of phrase would you offer to that friend? See if we can't offer those same kind of encouraging, inspiring phrases to ourselves as we begin this year. I'd like to end my talk this morning with a poem from the first free women poems of the early Buddhist nuns. Lindell did this last week as well. This one is on page 81 from Vihaya. It says, when everyone else was meditating, I'd be outside circling the hall. Finally, I went to confess. I'm hopeless, I said. The elder nun smiled. Just keep going, she said. Nothing stays in orbit forever. If this circling is all you have, why not make this circling your home? I did as she told me and went on circling the hall. If you find yourself partly in and partly out, if you find yourself drawn to this path and also drawing away, I can assure you you're in good company. Just keep going. Sometimes the most direct path isn't a straight line. Thank you all for your kind attention this morning. Okay, I'm going to stop the screen share. Here we are, all back together. And um, I'm going to put us back into um, breakout groups. And here I would really, first of all, I encourage you to stay because 
um, especially in these three plus years, four years almost, of the pandemic and not being in person, these breakout groups are such an opportunity for that sense of connection that we're all in this together and we learn so much. But of course, if you can't stay, then um, feel free to, um, to leave. Thank you very much for, for staying as long as you have. And um, we will, um, so I'm gonna, let me just go to a bigger view. Okay. So I am going to um, create, let's see, there's 26 of us. So how about, okay, so I'm just going to, thanks Sally, bye. 25 of us. Six groups. Okay, let's see how that goes. So, um, in your group, what are you thinking about as you were starting the parties this whole year? Um, how you doing with it? And remember that in these groups, there's no crosstalk. We really give each other a chance to, to share. That includes advice and interruption. We practice active listening. Listen, listen deeply, and if if a judgment or comes up, just own it and be with it, but you don't have to share it. Be sure to share the time and respect all the privacy of everyone. So I'm going to open the, the groups, and you'll have about 15 minutes, maybe a little bit less. Um, all clear? Any questions? Everybody's good? Great. Mm. Enjoy your group. Welcome back, and I hope you had a chance to do some sharing with each other. We're starting this year, and um, uh, Sue wants the link to the book. Um, you know, Lauren or Lyndall, would you be willing to do that? Put in Ajahn Suchito's in the chat. Lauren will. I'll try to do it. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, anybody want want to share anything about how things are, how you're approaching this year? Anything that came up? Maybe something from the first breakout group where you shared about your sit. We're pretty open. You can um, unmute. And um, Charlotte, please. Welcome. Yes, I, um, what I'm reminding myself as someone, maybe you, Suze, uh, said that the um, paramis are not standalone, that they, they are not necessarily a circle, but they do support each other. And um, that's helpful for me to remember. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, when I, when I was thinking about how do they help each other, actually, and um, also one of the things that I find helpful is to remember what my larger aspiration is. And when I think about why do I practice, 
And as I approach each part of me, you know, does the way I'm working with it fit in with that? Does it lead to um, living life fully and receiving whatever comes, uh, whatever your aspiration is? So thanks, Charlotte. Yes, they are all they're all connected. Anyone else want to share? Kind of a quieter morning. That's just fine, too. Um, let me give, give it another couple minutes to just see if anything came up. So... So, Lauren, if you wouldn't mind muting yourself so we don't hear you typing. So, <laughs> uh, there's already enough noise coming just from where I live and all this traffic and the sirens and whatever. Yeah. And Lyndall found the, the link to Ajahn Suchito's books. So she just put that in the chat. And someone told me that they could only see the first seven of the parmies on um, what I was sharing. So I only sent the last three to that particular person. But it's pretty easy to just Google the paramis, sometimes called the paramitas, and um, you can find them easily. Okay, so just to be mindful of the time, let's just take a moment to settle back in and deeply appreciate one of the jewels, all three jewels of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. These jewels truly are our refuge. and the sincerity of our practice. May the strength of our practice, our open minds and open hearts, be a gift to all of us who are assembled here today. May the strength of our practice also be a benefit to others in our small communities and large communities. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings live with ease. Thank you so much for showing up, for being our Dharma buddies, for exploring all of this together. It's really I'm very grateful.